John 15, verse 1 through 4, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. So abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Matthew 16, 24, please. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Today, what I see in the Spirit, the impartation, the revelation that the Father wants us to lay hold of is that, number one, we, he always turns our hearts towards him. And when we gather corporately and we worship him like we do here, he is here. He's in our midst. He says, if just two or three of you are gathered together in my name, he is here. He will manifest himself to us. He is here. And the worship that we give him, the worship that we give him for the glory of his name is living. What he wants us to see is that everything that happens in him and with him and through him, that as we abide and remain in his word, this is where the living, breathing breath and life of God manifests. And, and he destroys all forms, all structures, formats, or human designs, ways of thought, and how we walk with God, he comes in a living, breathing form, a living, breathing reality to inhabit someone that's alive. We were once dead, dead in our sin, and, and it was the breath of God that raised us to life when we were born again. And that's just the beginning but he's drawing attention to accept and rely upon the living, breathing word of God versus having a form of religion but denying the power therein. Okay? He asks us to deny ourself. So when we deny ourself, we do put him first. We do allow your ways, Lord, not our ways. Your kingdom come, Father, your will be done, Father. That's what happens when you follow after him and you become his disciple. Everything changes. 
because we were crucified with Christ, no longer I that lives, but Christ is living in me. And the Spirit is breathing on the living, breathing Word of God. Okay, our worship is living, moving, breathing. Okay, as we abide and remain in Him, it's living, living, breathing, manifesting presence. It's Jesus. It is the Father. It is the love of God. It is the Holy Ghost. It is the power of the kingdom. It is the kingdom of heaven. Living, moving. This is why it says, in him we live and move and have our being. He calls us to follow after him, but to do that we have to de deny ourselves so that he can live and move and move in us freely by the Spirit. And it takes one thing, abide in him. Stay in him, stay with him, and stay in his word. That's not just once a week. Abide 24-7, seven days a week for all eternity. Amen? There is this a living impartation here of this. So I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit because that's the life of God. But without him, you can do nothing. Okay, so go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Chapter 3, verse 1. It says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men, mankind, will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And I'm pretty sure that that message was imparted today. Heaven spoke that very clear today. But that takes denying ourself and allow, he said, love never fails. Perfect love casts out fear. Love never fails. I will never leave you fail. You'll forsake you. That's the voice of the Spirit. I don't want any other lovers. All I want is my pure devotion to you. That's our heart back to him. I don't want any other lovers. That doesn't mean you don't get married and have husbands and wife and love your children. But it's God first, Yes. Nothing in this life can take the place of the love of God in Christ Jesus. Because he says there's going to be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So in that, you have a form of godliness that denies its power. Having a form of godliness but even denying its power from such people turn away. He's specifically speaking to the frame, the structure, the empty space, obligation, dead works, and unbelief that can take residence in our soul instead of stepping into the living, breathing Word of God, living, 
breathing. See, the kingdom moves, okay? The spirit is always moving, okay? The spirit is moving. The spirit is moving. He moves in us every day. But when we gather, he is moving in the way that he wants to manifest himself to us corporately. He's always moving, and he doesn't want to come and hit something that's cold and hard that he can't enter, that he can't change the course, that he can't open our eyes to something new, that he can open our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, not said. He's looking for hearts that can contain and hold the promise of his presence, the glory of the Lord. And the glory of the Lord moves like this. And, and he's, he doesn't want this frame. He, he takes us as living beings and he comes. He made us so perfect. Spirit, soul, and body. He made us so imperfect that he would inhabit us. That the Holy Spirit would come and live in us. You understand? We're, we're not a hard structure. We're in a, in a building. It's a structure. But the living God is moving here within it. In your closet, in your room, he's there in your closet. <laughs> As you go along the way, he's there. He's there in your cubicle at work. He's always near. We don't want a form of religion, okay? We don't want that. We want to receive the power, okay? So the power of God comes and the glory of God, the power of God manifests where he can rest. The power of God manifests where he can dwell and abide in. Because he said, if, you, if you're not abiding in me, you won't bear any fruit. So that is God's heart, is to bear much fruit. Amen? And now, sometimes you have what I call, you have belief and you have unbelief. And the way I describe it in our school is that you have belief as in I believe God in his word or whatever he's told you. And you have unbelief that does not believe it. Simple. But doubt is what runs back and forth. Okay? It's not belief and doubt. It's belief and unbelief. And doubt is what goes back and forth. You understand? So now, uh, go to James 1. He is living, he is breathing, he is moving. For the Spirit was hovering over the waters, and then God said. And he moves in us. We are living, breathing, real born again, children of God, vessels of honor, the house of the Lord, the temple of the Holy Spirit, God's dwelling place. <laughs> James 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Everybody say, no doubting. No doubting. So that's over here on the believe. You hear that? Okay, so he says, let him ask in faith. So that's where faith is. Believe. Believe God. Abide in me and my word. And in that abiding, you believe God. You believe Jesus. You believe Holy Spirit. You believe what he's saying to you. You believe God. And your spirit man is living. 
One with him, moving with him. So your spirit comes up front and center and receives it. Okay, then the things of the world and all that other mess I read, right, that religion comes and says, well, I doubt it. And pulls you to the unbelief. Somewhere in there, we believe so much that we made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. We believed in the Lord Jesus Christ in our heart and confessed him with our mouth and said, Jesus is Lord, and we were saved. So what's changed in the kingdom walk? A simple thing is simple to do, he says. But this is what it looks like. Verse 6, he says, let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like that wave. I mean, we sang this all morning. Okay, let he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. But let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. I don't want to live there. Okay, because he's a double minded man, unstable in all his ways, it says. So when we give up our ways, when we surrender all and let him have it again, because when you get hard in heart, you become a hard structure. When you become hard of heart, you become a hard structure. It's a form of religion that's denying the power of God. But when you are open and laid bare to him, we become a living, moving presence. Hosting God. Letting him come to us, speak to us, move with us and through us. Amen? James 1 verse 21 says, therefore lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness. And he just said, receive with meekness the implanted word. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Be doers of that word, not hearers, only deceiving yourself. That's that form of religion that denies the power thereof. It's hard. It's a structure. It's empty. It, it works out of obligation or guilt or condemnation or fear. But when you're living and moving and breathing with God and mm, abiding in him and eating of his flesh daily, drinking of his blood daily, receiving and totally surrendered to the spirit of the living God, he will move in with and through you. We simply are called to receive with meekness the implanted word. Every day. Receive. That's humility. That's not my will, but your will be done. That's the deny yourself. And take up the cross and follow him every day. Every day. Whew. And when you kick against that goad, he'll work with you until you go see him. But there's not any need to do that. <laughs> He's faithful. He can do it overnight. <laughs> or he'll take 80 years. Because he's faithful to perfect what concerns us and how he sees us. And what he's got planned for us in the eternal reign. Because this is just the beginning. Amen. Go to Mark 4. I'm not going to read all of these passages. You can read them in context. Mark 4 verse 20. This is where the Lord gives the parable of the soils. And he's talking about the word of God and the soil of our hearts. 
Mark 4.20 says, But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and they bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. These are the ones sown on good soil, good ground, those who hear the word. Hear the word. Hear. Hear the word. Today, when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Hear the word. You hear the word when you read the word. When you read the word and abide in the word, you hear the word. When you're in prayer, you're hearing the word. Okay? You're hearing the word. Good ground. I hear it. I believe it. I accept it. I receive it. I'm a living, breathing being, (laughs) not a dead structure, not a form of godliness. I am crucified with him, dead, buried, and I'm alive now. Now. Mark 4, 20 out of the New Living says, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30 or 60 or even 100 times as much as had been planted. That's the John 15, abide in me. Because if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So the Lord's after the hundredfold. Okay? 30, 60 is great, but I'm after a hundredfold. That's maturity. That's what the body of Christ, we come into the full maturity, the stature of Christ. Gee, everything Jesus did was a hundredfold. Amen? Go to Matthew 13, 43. He's living, he's moving, he's breathing. He wants you and me mm, right there. Matthew 13, 43. Jesus says it in another way. He who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. (sighs) Who hears the word and understands it. Who hears the word and receives it. Who receives it with meekness and humility. Knowing that with God all things are possible. Hallelujah. God's not a man that he would lie. Who hears the word and understands it. Who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, sixty and thirty. Go to Luke 8, 15. A15 says it this way, but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, after having, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. But the ones that fell on good ground are those having heard the word. Right? Having heard the word with a noble and a good heart. It's getting more kingly here. Yet humility is all over us because apart from him, he said, we can do nothing. But yet he's calling forth who we are in him. He says, you are noble, be noble. You are holy, be holy. You are healed, be healed. You are pure, be pure. To the pure, all things are pure. You are righteous, be righteous. Receive that word. Receive it. And right there, we will kiss and I will bear much fruit through you. 
But the one who, ta- who doubts is like this. And we turn into that hard structure. Having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it. And you bear fruit with patience. I, ha- I-, I don't know. It seems like weeds grow up overnight. <laughs> right? <laughs> but the farmer understands when you put the, so- the seed in the ground, it's going to have to die first. It's going to have to die first. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. Let him abide there. And once that happens, here comes. Here comes. That's why he, he related it in this way. Proverbs 23, 7. Simple phrase. It says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man or woman thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, where is this word abiding? <laughs> it starts first in the heart. And out of the heart, the mouth will speak. And out of the heart comes the kingdom. It's all through your gospels. As a man thinks in his heart, how does your heart think? I thought the brain did that. Right? Not just our soul, but our heart. That's why he says, I'm after your heart. That's why everything Jesus did was from the heart. Matthew 9, 4. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your heart? Matthew 9, 4. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, (laughs) said, why do you think evil in your heart? It's very simple to him. 1 Thessalonians 4.1. He said, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you have received from us how you ought to walk and how to please God. He says, Finally, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you have received from us, the ministers, And how you ought to walk and please God. You see, the body does that for each other. With one another, we strengthen one another in this. We know how to help each other grow in God, in Christ. We're there. We heal. We save. We deliver. We come alongside. We repent. We restore. We disciple. But we are abounding more and more. That's the Lord's heart. That we abound more and more. A good, noble heart that's receiving, that's not hard. Okay? The Spirit of God is going to rest in us and with us and through us as we yield. And what he's showing you is the movement, the living, breathing, moving Spirit within us. He's not locked in the corner. He's living, moving, breathing in us. The word is living, moving, breathing in us. And he calls us to abound more and more. He calls us to hear from the heart what the spirit is saying. He calls us to hear with our mind, our will, our emotions, what the spirit is saying and to abide and dwell there. That's the truth. In the beginning, Genesis 2, 7, and I'm reading this out of the BBE. It says, and the Lord God made man from the dust of the earth, breathing into him the breath of life. And then man became a dead soul. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> Breathing into him the breath of life and man became a living soul. A place that's supposed to be open. A place that's supposed to host and walk with and abide in and have fellowship with and commune and talk to and respond to and love and hear and know. And where he goes, I go. That presence, that's the garden. That's it. And the Lord God made man from the dust of the earth, breathing into him his breath, the breath of life. Life. That's why the Lord's constantly rebuking dead forms, dead structure, old ways, old patterns. Something that is there, but it has no life. It has no breath in it. A corpse is dead when the spirit leaves it. Truth. <laughs> a house is a home when the family's in it. Without the family, it's just a house. It's just a house. But we're in it and we're living together in it. We're dwelling together. You're there. You are the life. You are the living being in the house. The family makes it home. Otherwise, it's just a structure because all these things will pass away. But his word will never pass away. He became a living soul, living soul, living. In him we live and move and have our being. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is what? Living and powerful. Living. So you say, well, I read this all day last week, sister. <laughs> living, living, living. You can make any good thing stale and dead without any power. But he says, this word, that's why I just open it up and it... That breath comes in, comes in the eye gate, comes in my ear gate, comes into my heart. I receive it with humility. And I'm changed. And I'm dancing with the Lord. Okay? I'm abiding in him. I'm bearing much fruit. And it's a daily walk. The word of God is living and powerful. Acts 17, 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. Quoted it all morning. 1 Peter 1, verse 3. 1 Peter 1. He's so good to us. First Peter, whew, first Peter 1. I don't know what I said. First Peter 1, verse 3. Okay. Listen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So I'm going to stop right there for just a second. He's blessing the Father God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, hallelujah, he has begotten us again. We've been born again. New birth. Born again. Transferred out of darkness into light. Yes. Born again. Unto a living hope. A living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. <sighs> That's where resurrection power comes from. Before he went to the cross, was raised from the dead, he prophesied and spoke all of this to us. 
After his resurrection, there's the Holy Spirit bringing that living word to us and resurrecting what's inside of us. And so here it goes. So for instance, we pray for somebody and they need healing. Okay? You pray for somebody and they need healing. The words do not return void. The living word goes out of you into that vessel, into that person because of resurrection power. Okay, but here's where the default goes because most people don't give time for that resurrection power to have its work. When resurrection power comes in, some are raised from the dead like that. Hallelujah. Okay, I need you to see it in spirit. He's living. And so when you pray, resurrection power is imparted. And then we have to step into that by faith, receive it in our hearts. Receive it as living and moving and breathing to us. And let God do what he needs to do. Welcome resurrection power. And many, there's too much. It's too scary. We have received a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So when resurrection power manifests itself, let him work. Let him work. Because the spirit was moving over the waters. Right? Let him work. Don't run out the door. He says, stay with me. Stay there. Stay right there. Abide here. Receive the implanted word that's been brought to you right now. Abide there. Dwell there. Remain there. It's living. My word is living. I'm transforming. I'm a breath. I'm a wind. I'm the word. I'm stability. I'm everything you need. Stay with him. Right? No tossing to and fro. He says, believe or don't believe. Get rid of the doubt. Right? Believe or don't believe, but that's, that's the battleground. So then he goes on. We have received a living hope, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Hallelujah. Thank you for the resurrection of Jesus. Thank you for what he did so that we have an inheritance the glory of God forever and ever. Amen. With God forever. Hallelujah. That is wonderful. Okay. It cannot be destroyed. Reserved for us in heaven. Verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God. How? Through faith. We are kept by the power of God through faith. I pray this all the time. That they be kept by the power of God through faith. Kept by the power of God. Kept by the power of God. Kept by the power of God. Kept by resurrection power. Kept by resurrection power. Because he's living. He's alive. The living hope. The word is alive. Not dead. Not dead. So when he comes to us as vessels created to host the word of God, to become a living soul, then the kingdom comes and we, well, we come back from the dead. And then we are living and our minds being changed and our emotions are being changed and our thoughts are being changed and our wills being changed and our bodies being changed and we're being healed and we're being delivered and evil things are leaving us and we're being encouraged and grace and mercy to do what God says. You are kept by the power of God. I don't know anything greater. You are kept by the power of God. So when something scary is right there, I'm kept by the power of God. I'm kept by the power of God. How? Through my faith. For salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. 
Verse six, he says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for just a little while, okay? This is in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome it. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved with various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, I love that, the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, at his appearing, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, which is the salvation of your soul. Wow, that's a mouthful. 1 Peter 1, 13. He says, so therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that's to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Gird up the loins of your mind. Huh. That mind... They say it's the battlefield. But that mind has encountered the living, breathing, moving word of God, spirit of God, word of God, Jesus, Father, Holy Ghost. So he says, here's what you got. You've got to bring the thoughts captive, strengthen the way you're thinking. But the Antichrist spirit is what wars against the mind. Because it does not believe and it opposes the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Antichrist spirit opposes faith. The Antichrist spirit opposes power. The Antichrist spirit opposes remedy. The Antichrist spirit opposes power, love, and a sound mind. The Antichrist spirit opposes wholeness and deliverance. Antichrist opposes your destiny. The Antichrist spirit opposes everything about you that God Almighty wrote of you. That's that spirit. And, and the Lord warned us of it. Okay? Spirit of error, spirit of antichrist. And it will continue to manifest throughout the days. And so, oh my God, anything that pertains to your brain, anything that pertains to your mind, antichrist spirit. Because it's coming against your thoughts. It's coming against your way of thinking. It's coming to even make you lose your memory and take up what the world says. When you hit a certain age, you're going to have to lose it. Any sickness of the brain... All the names that they give it, the Antichrist spirit is the one that's opposing to take and destroy your mind. Whether it's Alzheimer's, dementia, whatever other demon in hell wants to attack the brain to make you forget there is such a thing in the Bible called the land of forgetfulness. And God called us out of it. And so if he's renewing my mind, if Jesus is my model and I believe him and as he is, so am I in this world. I have power love and what did he say? A sound mind. So I do war against that antichrist spirit. And I plead the blood of Jesus against that spirit. You don't get my mind. You don't get my brain. You don't get my cells in my brain. You don't have my mind. Christ has my mind. I have the mind of Christ. That includes my brain. And religion hates these words. Get old and die. 
But the word is full of life. He's living. He wants to breathe life into our brain, into our mind, into our thought life. The spirit is here and it's resurrection power. Who can do that but the spirit of grace? Gird up the loins of your mind. First Peter 1 Peter 1.13, now the ESV said, therefore preparing your minds for action. <laughs> Don't settle. <laughs> preparing your minds for action. That's that be doers of the word. Preparing your minds for action. Be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You said this can't be done. It can be done. Because my God raises the dead. My God heals the sick. My God casts out demons. My God cleanses lepers. In my own life, hey, that's in my mom's side. It's knocking at the door. He would love for me to open the door, but I will not. You understand this? Dad's side, heart attack, heart disease, all over the place. He captured me as a young woman of God, 23, 24 years old. And a prophet saw the curse on my heart. And he said, there it is. It's the lower left-hand side of your heart. It is broken in Jesus' name. And I went flying out under the power of God for 40 minutes. And I'm like, why didn't he say be healed? I needed to be healed. But he, he saw a spot. That's blood, flesh, passed down, junk. And it had my name and it had my number. And took out my father and everybody up his family line. And the grace of God was manifested in such a time as this to say, no, I'm going to bring you something greater. That curse was destroyed. Those spirits left. And I was healed of how I was having manifestations at that time. I am still healed. And it will stay healed. You understand? So if he can do that for my heart, he can do it for any part of our bodies. Including our brain. Who is the center of the whole body. Of course the devil wants to hit your brain. I'll fight with this. And this is truth. Prepare your minds for action. Gird up the loin of your mind. That's instruction for us to do. And as we abide and we remain and we receive right now the moving spirit of God, the living word of God, he's calling us into these things. And we'll continue to go deeper and deeper, deeper into him. Do you hear what the spirit's saying? So let's stand up. And let's pray. And if you need prayer for anything, you come up here afterwards and we'll pray for you in faith. But it is the Lord that does the work and it's the resurrection power that does the work. So Father, we adhere to and we receive what you have chosen to manifest to us today. We receive it, Lord, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, <laughs> with all of our strength. We thank you for being here with us and we thank you for going with us. Thank you for giving us life and life more abundantly. Oh my God, thank you for giving us life and life more abundantly. Thank you for bearing much fruit in us, with us and through us. Thank you for using us for your glory. Thank you for revealing your glory to us, Lord. Thank you for destroying every dead form of religion in us. Thank you for taking us out of cold, dead structures into the voice of God, into the place of Christ, to the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, that you put us on a path of righteousness, 
that brings peace and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We honor your word. We honor your glory. And Lord, we surrender to you our way. And I pray you anoint everybody that hears this message, that they'll go and they will go in faith and they will be living and breathing and moving this week like never before. And that we'll flow with your spirit. We will move with you as we host the kingdom of heaven individually in our homes and houses, businesses, and in the ministry wherever you send us. May the living breath of God go before us. And there is nothing impossible for you. There is nothing impossible for you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.